This is the Horse Radio Network. This is episode 55 of Healthy Critters Radio on the Horse Radio Network. Healthy Critters Radio is brought to you by Biostar US. Find them online at biostarus.com. On today's show, we learn how to correctly fit Snapple bits. The breed of the show is a lionhead bunny. Critter Nutrition focuses on Trashology 101. And in Coffee Clatch, we discuss what to have in our canine first aid kit. Listen in. So, ladies, I have yes. been tasked. I have been tasked with creating and leading the chit chat for today's show. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes. mm-hmm. Which, which longtime listeners at the Horse Radio Network will know is not my strong suit. So, here goes. Okay. Okay. Dun, oh, I'm ready. Dun, 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 dun. I feel like I need to sit down for this. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, one of the things I like to do when I have to be the leader of the chit chat is get everybody else to do the chit chatting. So, yeah, of course. As we record Healthy Critters Radio episode 55, Tigger <laughs> is hanging around in Welly World, Wellington, Florida. Are you not? I am. Patty P, on the other hand, is hanging around at home. In Texas, are you not? Yes. Yes, I am. Okay. So, Patty P., whenever you do not go to Welly World, yes. do you feel like you're a little bit disconnected from the rest of the dressage world, or do you feel like, ha-ha, I got to stay home? Oh, God, no. I love Wellington. Um, I know that just made, I guarantee you that Tigger just rolled Tigger, her eyes, and yeah, she Tigger probably, she probably died a little. I heard her um, eyes roll. The reason I love it is because it it's I've done it my whole life and it's something I'm so used to getting after Christmas, packing up and getting exciting about going. It's always been such a wonderful thing for me because I was normally coming from a cold state and got to get, you know, be warm. Mm-hmm. But also that I it's when I I get my training and I can get better. And so um, and I, and I love, and I can't do it for long periods of time. So I say like generally three months when I was down there for almost six months out of the year, that got a little hard, but, um, but I love being able to go out to dinner and see people that, you know, and have common interests and go into the grocery store and see people in britches. I mean, I love, like, that's just fun for me. Um, it's not a place that I would want to live year round just because of the climate, and um, I'm kind of over hurricanes, but no, I yeah, I, it, I really I miss it terribly, absolutely terribly. Okay, so next we're moving over to Tigger. You are in Wellington, Florida. Yep. Which you do every winter. Yep. And you do that. Why is it important for Tigger to be in Wellington every winter? Um, we have a lot of BioStar clients here. And it's a very stressful environment for the horses um, because they're basically showing, you know, fairly often every two weeks, every three weeks. Um, the humans are under a lot of stress and the horses pick up on that. So I'm needed to, you know, tweak a diet or, you know, recommend a, a different supplement or deal with a different issue that the horses had. 
so that's why it's important to be down here because um, I, I can, you know, be at somebody's barn and, you know, within a day, um, sometimes just a few hours if, if it's something really urgent. So I feel that's my responsibility. Um, as the big cheese at Biostar. Mm. <laughs> well, not as so much as the big cheese because I'm lugging product. I'm schlepping. Well, you're you're the big orders. cheese, but you're also the chief cook, bottle washer, and floor sweeper, <laughs> and formulator, and Pretty scientist, much. and <laughs> yeah, I'm not being driven around in my limousine, no, and I don't have uh-huh. little minions carrying in orders to, to to barns, and I'm sort of doing it myself. And what I always find funny is when I'm lugging the biggest orders into a barn, the working students are standing there watching me and they're in their twenties and I'm yeah. 65. Do you think they say, Hey, can we help you with this? Yeah. Nah. Well, you know, Tigger, I was going to say what that's called, what you're doing. You know what that's called? Customer it's, service. It's called customer service. Yep. Yeah. Customer service. Dun, dun, dun. Yes. And there we have it. I got you guys to do all it. the chatting. <gasps> you nasty thing. I was just, Oh, you, that was well done. Well, she's tickled with herself. I am. I'm but very that was proud good. of myself. Yeah, well done. Well, done. <laughs> well, that was so much fun. Why don't we? Uh, why don't we bring Beth on and chat about? Oh Snapple yes, Beth. it's time to talk about bits. Indeed. And we're here with Beth Haste from the Horse of Course in Claremore, Oklahoma, and Wellington, Florida. Welcome, Beth. Hi. Thanks for Hi. having me. Hey, Beth. How are you? Hi, Patty. Good to hear from you. Yeah, good to be heard from. (laughs) So um, we wanted to have Beth on Healthy Critters because fitting bits is one of her specialties. Yes, indeedy. And we want to start with a very basic bit, which is the snaffle bit. And I've got some key questions for Beth, who is the master of bit fitting. So to start with, Beth, what are the differences among breeds of horse in regards to the palate? So the difference between thoroughbreds, quarter horses, Arabs, warm bloods, and Spanish horses. That's an interesting question. <laughs> I have found that the modern sport horse, whether it be a quarter horse or a Spanish horse or a warm blood, all seem to have pretty flat palates a big fat tongue, tiny jaw bones, and the tongue oozes out between the teeth and, <laughs> and pretty fleshy lips. The thoroughbred still has fleshy lips, but could have a little more concave to the palate. And how about the Arab? I, I think that the Arabs are, again, I don't know whether it's with the breeding or what, but we seem to also have that more modern sport horse type of mouth. It's interesting. So it how is. how does really palate, how does the palate fit in with with bit fitting? Well, the palate is the strongest form of control on the horse's head. So if you invoke the palate with the bits. Uh, that is going to be the strongest form of control. And there are some bits that will do that, mostly curb bits, not so much in uh, snaffle bits. 
But you have to remember that when they have a flat palate like that and a big fat tongue, they don't have a lot of room in their mouth to put bits in. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So does it, is it with a snaffle, would it make more sense uh, to have a thinner snaffle than a thicker snaffle with the modern sport horse mouth? I have found that to be true. I have found that those big old fat bits that we used years ago, yep. really, um, you know, we used to think, well, it protects the horse's mouth. But in fact, it's uh, really not that great. And they don't really have the room for it. And I really want them to close their mouth and be quiet. Yeah. Okay. So when when you're fitting a bit, what are you looking for to make sure it is the right fit for that horse? Well, I think the first thing, anytime you're thinking about what bit should I put in this horse's mouth, you have to think that a bit is composed of two pieces. It is composed with a cheek piece that works in a certain way and a mouthpiece that works in a certain way. So first you have to determine what kind of a cheek piece you want. For example, an egg butt, a D-ring, a boucher, a full cheek. These are all um, fixed-cheeked bits, and they're a lot quieter than, let's say, a loose ring. So depending upon how the horse reacts, is the cheek piece you start with. And also the rider's hands too, right? The rider's hands are always involved. Yeah. But if you don't have such great hands, that's another reason why you pick uh, a fixed cheek bit. Yeah, okay. Because that egg butt is going to lessen the information that goes down the rein. Mm -hmm. And another thing is, is that... um, Loose rings were always considered dressage bits. And dressage doesn't really start till third level. So we really shouldn't be looking to use a loose ring until that time because it's way too much information for the horse. That's a really good point. It's a very good point. And I'll tell you from my own experience, because Beth, you've told me this before, and um, and I have put all of my younger horses in in a fixed bit, whether it's a full cheek or a D or I love egg butts. Um, right. And I feel like it makes a major difference when you're teaching the horse about contact, because as we all know, some horses will take more contact, some horses don't. Um, and if, like you said, the information is so overwhelming to the horse, they get to, to hear the, 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 you know, the aids that you want to be clear a little more efficiently. It with these, you know, fixed bits. Is a big, I, I big find help. with like the fixed bits is because on a young horse, all you're asking that horse to do is just take that contact and just stay there. Right. You're not asking that horse to do anything more than that, and now just move forward. And right. so it 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 lessens what they have to try to figure out because they can't figure out a lot. But if you take that thought in mind, and we talked about, you know, hands, if you have an experienced horse, a more experienced horse than the rider, you also want to put them in a fixed cheek because you don't want the rider's inexperienced hands to upset the schooled horse. Mm -hmm. That's an interesting 
All right. Yeah. So you've got a couple of things, inexperienced riders with school horses, inexperienced horses. Mm-hmm. It just lessens all that information because a loose ring is like you're screaming in the horse's ear. Right. It okay, vibrates. So- Every movement of your hand vibrates that rein down. To the mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, um, so say you decide you've got a young horse, you're going to go with a fixed, fixed ring, like an egg, butt. what's the next consideration in fitting the horse? Well, my, my consideration is that almost every horse that I come into contact with takes a really small bit because if <laughs> you feel the jaw bones underneath their, um, underneath their mouth, they're only about maybe two inches to two and a half inches wide. That's the bars that the bit sits on. So all we're dealing with is lips. And you don't want that bit to move too much side to side in the horse's mouth. It's very disconcerting. So I find that most of the horses end up taking like in a fixed cheek bit, like an egg butt, a four and three quarter inch mm-hmm. bit. Mm-hmm. It's solid and it's stable. Now, because it's not pulling through the horse's mouth, you can then put in a nice, soft three piece bit. I prefer ones with a little bean in the middle. And if it's not pulling, because if it's a loose ring or it's a bit that's too big, it moves side to side in the horse's mouth and those joints will then move across the bars back and forth, which is very uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. But the three piece is soft as long as it fits solidly in the horse's mouth. If it doesn't fit solidly, then I would run a two piece bit because I don't want that joint to be moving back and forth across those bars. When you're saying the joint, are you talking about when, because I was going to ask you specifically about you like something in the middle, whether it's the little bean or whatever. Um, how do you decide what shape that you like to that? Well, I, I personally, and I don't like to, nece- I don't work for a bit company. Right. But I do like consistency and I want the bit to be consistent every single time. So I usually choose either a Hermsburger brand or um, annoy a Shula brand because they're consistent every single time. If I mm-hmm. want to get a size bit, the, 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 the dimensions and the engineering are consistent. Okay. I was going to ask what you meant by consistent. Okay. Yes. And sometimes with the stainless steel bits, you don't even know what you're getting. You order a, a French link and it doesn't look anything like a French link. Right. So the engineering is all off. And I don't think that they um, are paying attention to what the original engineering on these bits were to make them work correctly. So you're, so you're definitely from the mindset, if I, if, and stop me if I'm putting words in your mouth, but it's definitely worth spending the extra money for, um, the, you know, the Aram Springer or the Newell Shula bits because they're consistent and the quality of them is going to be, you know, more like. Exactly. You know, because I know that but on the two other reasons too. Okay. okay. Let her rest. The, the consistent quality 
and the engineering is correct every single time, you need a bit that's 70% copper or more to warm to the temperature of a horse's mouth. Okay. So stainless steel always remains cold in the horse's mouth, Mm. and we're looking for relaxation. Oh, that's a very good point. So I want to do as much as I can to have that horse's mouth relaxed. It's an athlete. You can't run five miles with a dry mouth. Right. And the horse can't work with a dry mouth. So I want that mouth to be quiet, relaxed, foaming, happy. Right. Um, so I have a question, Tigger, if this isn't on one of your lists, because um, I know that um, one of the biggest things when Beth has fitted my bits, and I'm so sure you've gone through this too, I'd always say, really, that small? I mean, because of yeah. course everybody is, you know, it's like, come on, you know, you did one for Stu years ago, which I still use, right. and it's a four and three quarters. And I'm like, Beth, Beth, you know, so, I okay, know. you know this, Beth, right? And I mean, I sat there and questioned you, in which, by the way, listeners, she was a thousand percent correct. Um, how do these, how, I know that there's measuring devices that people can do that, but, you know, what you had told me is to look at the, 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 you know, lines the jaw lines underneath, which, um, you know, being a trainer is a little bit easier for me because I'm looking at that all day long. And that's been a good guide right. for me. What would be your suggestion for people getting the proper size and how to figure that out? To be honest with you, most horses, and I'm talking 14-2, all have these little tiny jaw bones. Yeah, it's and shocking to me. Yeah. all take a four and three quarters in a fixed bit. Now, other than that, if you're going to get a loose ring, I find that the average horse takes between a five and a quarter and a five and a half at the most. There's going to be an oddball around that's got such a huge top lip that you still have to clear because you don't want to pinch it. But when you lay the ring flat on one side of the horse, and pull the bit on the other side. You don't want to see an inch and a half pulling out of the horse's mouth. Mm-hmm. And when you look at it, you should look at it on in the on position. In other words, pick the reins up and move it up into the horse's mouth like it was on contact. That's good advice. Now you want to see that the lip is just inside the hole that the ring goes through. Okay. So that's your rule of thumb on what to do in a loose ring. And the other ones, I haven't really met many horses that took a bigger and a fixed cheek than a four and three quarters. That it's is amazing. shocking. I, yeah. I, I, it's shocking because do you know how hard it is to get mm-hmm. a four and three quarters mm-hmm. egg butt snaffle? Almost yes, I do. Impossible. Yes, so I do. I usually put a lot of Burdoons in and I don't care what the ring size is. There's no legality on the ring size. Right. So I put in what fits. Mm. And I'll tell you, it's like a little miracle. All of a sudden, the horse goes so much better. Cool. So, Tig, do you have, what other questions do you have? Because you have good I, questions. Uh, they've, they've all been answered. <laughs> um, I, oh, I my just, goodness. I, I just want to tell our listeners that if you want more um, information on bits from Beth, you can um, 
contact the horse, of course, online. We'll have it in the show notes. And she's in Wellington all winter and New York in the summer. And if you are out in Texas or Oklahoma or in the Midwest, out she has a store in Claremore. So um, you can call and get her advice and her staff's advice on buying the right bit. So, Beth, thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you. Thank- Thank you so much for having me. It's so important because I feel like I work for the horse. Yeah. Yeah. And, and so many horses are not bitted correctly. So this is a really big issue. Yeah. We have to do this again when fitting a double. So yeah. Yeah. I think people love that. That'll be part two. Part two. Okay. Perfect. Thanks, Beth. Thank you. Thanks, Beth. as I sometimes call her. I'm Jennifer. I'm here too. Hi, Hetty. How are you? I'm lovely to hear from you all. It has been too long since last we spoke. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. It's true. This is an, an issue, a problem, I think, in our relationship. We should really try to get together more. It, okay. Let's let's that's mark that on our New Year's resolution list. <laughs> But we can't because we're busy and important. <laughs> well, you are. Yeah. I am I am not worthy. Well, true. <laughs> <laughs> so what's yeah. up, Hetty? Well, I wanted to interview my sister this week, but she refused to do it. So I'm going to work on that for our oh. next show. Okay. She said you're not... Um, anyway, we can't do that today. <laughs> so... <laughs> Instead, I thought maybe I would sing you a little song. Oh, oh, excellent. I cannot wait to yes, hear I, this. I know how you enjoy my my singing. <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. Are you ready? I'm ready. ready. Isn't it rich? <laughs> Aren't we Finally knowing the cheese that I wanted was green. <laughs> but then in the cheddar, <laughs> there ought to be cheese. <laughs> Very good, Eddie. <laughs> Did anyone have any further questions? I can go on, but I know... You have a shorter attention span than some. <laughs> My uh, face hurts from laughing. To alert this is about a good sign. Yes. A Pomeranian. It's, I'm sorry, what now? Didn't you want to share about a Pomeranian who needs help? Oh, thank you so much for the reminder. There is a small dog, a Pomeranian male, black suit wearer. And he is not having a good time of it. He was picked up by our friend Ellen's rescue group. They do traditionally cocker spaniels, but apparently they had a moment of genius and realized why would you save those when you could save Pomeranians? <laughs> and so they walked out and right away found a Pomeranian that needed a home. So if you wanted to know more about my little friend, because we are not allowed to have another Pomeranian because our servant is 
stupid. Um, you could contact me on my Facebook page, and I could give you information about this little dog who's a good dog. He likes cats, which is fine. I like cats, too. And he likes other dogs, and he likes to walk on a leash or not on a leash. And he's very nice with people. Mm, okay, he's well. basically a saint. sounds like it um hetty is there pictures on your facebook page of your friend well there will be very soon we're just waiting for some nice ones to come from his foster family okay because that would be great located in new york oh perfect okay so that's um, that's a good message it's a very good rescue group and they would be very happy to help adopt him out to any suitable adopter okay perfect well, that's okay, good. So we're and looking don't for good let servants. Glenn's <laughs> opinions about Pomeranians poison you. The man is mad. He <laughs> runs mad. You can't you can't talk to Glenn sometimes. He's just yeah. like that. That's that's sort of what everybody says. I'm, I'm gonna let <laughs> yeah. you I'm gonna let you guys all into a little tea, a little secret that Glenn doesn't like to tell talk about. Oh. Okay. He used to have a Pika Palm. Oh, oh, no. That's why he's all like hostile to short dogs. Yeah, he used to have one, and it was his dog. The dog didn't have, want to have anything to do with me. It would growl if I sat down next to him while the dog was on his lap. Oh, my gosh. Yes. Shaky Jake was yes, his little, little. Shaky claims. Jake. Shaky Jake, yes. So next he time. claims that this ruined him. Yes. Next time you chat with him, just ask him about his peek palm, Shaky Jake. <laughs> yeah, we got to oh, remember I will. that. Yeah, I bet you will. That's, that, that's, that's the dog that ate the ate the woodwork off of our doorways in our home. Holy yeah. noted. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I'm pulling up a chair for that conversation, if you know what I mean. <laughs> Me too. So if you want to know more about this Pomeranian that needs a new servant, um, please go to the Ask Hedwig Facebook page. And thanks, Hedy. Thanks, Hetty. That was a good, always, lovely song, so nice dear. To speak with you. Thank it you very much, so Hetty. Nice. You too. <laughs> Bye. 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 And now it's time for the breed of the show. So we're now at the breed of the show segment of our program, and we are going to stay on the topic of rabbits and. Um, you know, whenever I'm doing my investigation, I always look for the cutest and the fluffiest. And well, by golly, I found it, Tigger. There's this. <laughs> this, this is a rabbit. We. I guarantee you, we're going to want to have, and it's called the lionhead rabbit. And um, I don't know if you've looked up any pictures of them, but they're pretty fluffy and cute. Um, they. They. They, um, they were. They were created. They were created um, by doing a cross of two dwarf breeds, and. It was kind of a bit of a mistake because a gene mutation happened that consistently produced a line of wool around their head, um, hence the name Lionhead. And they're incredibly, incredibly adorable. But the the um, the, the the fluff around their head—they call it a mane of wool—actually um, forms a V. And some of the lighter color. Uh, ones like that there's like an apricot and there's of course tons of colors which is fun you can't really see it but on the darker colored ones like the lilacs and the blues you can really see it and it's just this very distinct um v um they have a great personality they're very friendly they're very well mannered um 
They have a decent lifespan. They live, you know, eight to 10 years. Um, they're a relatively new breed in the U.S. Um, they've been around, I think, since 1988 here. But, you know, I guess I guess in breeding rabbits, that's kind of new. Um, <laughs> so I'm told from my rabbit uh, experts. Um, they're very similar looking to a dwarf. But, of course, the mane is what distincts them from the, different, the difference between the two. Um, they weigh about anywhere from two and a half to three and a half pounds. So they're tiny, um, which then, of course... Which is which is great if you're looking for something like it you would wanted. be a perfect bunny for Hedwig. <laughs> oh my goodness! <laughs> oh, have her own bunny. Can you imagine we could get her one in the same color? That'd probably make her so angry. I think we've got a Christmas idea coming up here. <laughs> I don't know if her servant would like the idea, but that's not a bad idea. <laughs> um, which brings up a good point, Tigger. That when well socialized, they're fine around other animals. Um, they, as far as care, they're typical, um, like we've discussed with other rabbit breeds, it's very important how you feed them because their teeth will, um, grow, they'll grow and become an issue if you don't give them the proper type of forage, different types of, you know, pellets and, um, Timothy Hay and actually Lionhead, um, ra- I think it's lionheadrabbit.com if you're interested in this breed is a pl- really great place to go. Very easy to navigate through. It tells you all about um, lion heads, a little bit of the history and how to care, um, breeders, uh, you know, the breeders that are around and ones are for sale because of their coat and because of their wool, they're a little bit more, um, they need more care than the average rabbit because the, you know, it, it's obviously better if you do a little grooming with them, which of course they'll like that because they're very social and they like their, um, they like to be affectionate. Um, and, you know, last but not least, they have tons of colors, um, fawn, black, <laughs> That's the sable. best part. I know, That's because you can just. the most important part. Oh, my gosh. And I don't know if you guys have looked them up, but <laughs> there are, like, some have little white spots on their nose. I mean, I'm telling you, I'm a little concerned about my infatuation. This, this, I don't know. I mean, oh, they're so cute. There's a chocolate. I mean. Who wouldn't want a chocolate, a, a blue, and a ruby-eyed white? <laughs> so there you go, lion head rabbit. I think I think that um, <clears throat> Tigger, this may be something we this, have to this look This may into. be our new, our new, our new Just buddy. saying. Yep, just saying. So we got to put that right now is check. Check that box is number one. Okay. So. So here we are at Critter Nutrition, and um, I'm going to veer off a little bit of Critter Nutrition and um, bring you up to date on my newest course of study, which I'm calling Trashology 101. <laughs> I am learning about garbage and also Garbology 101, but I think Trashology has a better ring to it. I like it too. I agree. Thank you. <laughs> What is surprising in 2018 is that although recycling is done by many homeowners and apartment dwellers, this is not the case in a lot of public spaces, gas and convenience stations, grocery stores, dog parks, horse shows, convention centers, hotels, fast food restaurants, small and large companies, airports, shopping malls, and the big box stores. The U.S. is the number one trash producing country in the world at 1,609 pounds per person per year. Hmm. 
I decided to take a look at the decomposition of different materials. You know, for instance, how long does it take a a thread-worn pair of cotton Levi's with holes in the knees to break down in the landfill? The answer is three to six months. But those same pair of Levi's with spandex in them will degrade in a few months except for the spandex, which will not degrade for 40 years. Different materials biodegrade at different rates. Biodegradation needs microorganisms and light, water, and oxygen. Temperature is another important factor because microorganisms reproduce faster in warmer conditions. Landfills lack light, water, and bacterial activity required for the decomposition process. If we throw table scraps into the garbage, which then end up in the landfill, those table scraps will biodegrade much more slowly and not always completely because of the lack of microbes. That is one reason you can find old newspapers 50 years old in landfills where if the paper was composted in soil, it would break down in two to five months. In the book Rubbish, the Archaeology of Garbage by William J. Rathje and Cullen Murphy, the authors outline the misconceptions about landfills and decompositions. There is a popular notion that in its depths, the typical municipal landfill is a locus of roiling fermentation, of intense chemical and biological activity. The truth is, however, that the dynamics of a modern landfill are very nearly the opposite of what most people think. Biologically and chemically, a landfill is a much more static structure than is commonly supposed. An apple core, if thrown on the ground, decomposed in three to nine days on average. That same apple core, if in the landfill, can take two months or more. How long does garbage last in a landfill? Aluminum, 200 plus years. Batteries, 100 years. Fishing net, nylon, 40 years. Fishing lines, 600 years. Tires, 2,000 years. Plastic milk jug, 500 years. Milk carton, 5 years. Disposable diapers, 450 years. Sanitary pads, 500 to 800 years. Foamed plastic cups, 50 years. Rubber boot or, so, or rubber soles, 50 to 80 years. Leather, 50 years. Nylon fabric, 30 to 40 years. Flip-flop shoes, 1,000 years. Wool clothing, 1 to 5 years. Plastic bottles, 450 years. Styrofoam, never. Tin foil, never. Plastic straws, 200 years. Cardboard, two months. Plastic beverage container, 500 years. Soda can, 50 years. Hairspray bottle, 200 to 500 years. Glass bottle, over a million years. <laughs> the good news is, is that, of course, glass being made of silica is actually, it, it's slow to break down, but, you know, you can make nice jewelry out of it. It's not, um, it's not plastic. Plastic shopping bags. If exposed to sunlight, it can take 10 years. If not exposed to sunlight, 100 years. Americans use over 2 million plastic bottles every hour, and most are not recycled. Over 80 billion aluminum soda cans are consumed by Americans every year. Over 25 billion styrofoam cups are thrown away in the U.S. yearly. To produce Sunday newspapers across the country takes 500,000 trees. As a nation, 
Yearly, we discard 16 billion diapers, 1.6 billion pens, 1 billion razor blades, 220 million car tires, and enough aluminum to rebuild the U.S. commercial air fleet four times over. Worldwide, more than 1 million plastic bags are used every minute. In the last 10 years, we have produced more plastic than during the whole of the 20th century. We don't really need to use all these flimsy plastic bags. We really don't need to drink water out of plastic bottles or drink milk out of plastic milk jugs. We can recycle clothing. We can compost cotton and other natural fibers. Wax paper is a good alternative to plastic wrap and can be composted, although it takes time to break down. We have become so accustomed to throwing things away that it has become a habit. I can't tell you how many Hershey Kisses aluminum wrappings I've tossed without thinking into the trash. Based on my love of Hershey's Kisses, I've set a lot of aluminum to the landfill. All we have to do is identify one wasteful habit and take the steps to form a new routine. I'm not going to stop eating Hershey's Kisses, but those little silver wrappings are headed for the recycling bin. Real horses and real dogs are healthier, perform better, and recover more quickly on real food. That's why BioStar empowers horse and canine owners with 100% whole food nutrition, supplements, and feeding programs. BioStar products are made at their own certified non-GMO facility in Gordonsville, Virginia, using real fruit ingredients that are raw, freeze-dried, or dehydrated, never cooked, and are free from artificial flavors, colors, soy, corn, wheat, and molasses. The BioStar product line includes a wide range of whole food, horse and dog supplements, treats, and unique artisan poultices that embrace the ancient and traditional uses of clay and plants. Visit BioStarUS.com today and learn about whole foods and canine and equine nutrition so you can make the best decisions about the care and health of your horses and dogs. That's BioStarUS.com. Whole food nutrition the way nature intended. We're now at Coffee Clatch and we're going to talk about Canine first aid, what what are must-haves in our medicine cabinet for dogs is. So I, I'm going to start off. One of the most important things I have in my medicine cabinet for the dogs is Bach flower rescue remedy. Oh. Because when they're stressed or upset, this liquid, you can put a few drops on their tongue. You can put it in their mouth. And it immediately goes to work within minutes of, of calming them and de-stressing them. And if they're injured or anything, it's it's really helpful to reduce the stress and anxiety. Oh, that's a good one. So, okay. I, I, so I've got a question because I would like to add this to my list then. <laughs> okay. What about Theracom? Because like when you said that, it, it was takes like, oh. longer because they have to eat it. Okay. And you've got to get them to eat it. Okay. But let's just say Theracom. Absolutely. If, that's if also have, a good okay. Yeah, but this is quick, you know, because it's a liquid. You just have a drop. It comes with a dropper bottle, and you put a few drops on their tongue. Oh, yeah. I think, yeah, I've, I think I've used that actually for horses before. Yeah. Okay, cool. Um, Jennifer, do you have anything? I do. What uh, do you have? What do I have? Uh, b- besides Theracom from Biostar, thank you for taking that one. Sorry, I was kidding. <laughs> Jennifer, what do you think about Theracom? 
which is great stuff. And in conjunction with our Theracom, we're always sure to have Glory's Thunder shirt. Oh, yeah. 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 She, uh, yeah. she, she makes good use of her Thunder shirt. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. It just gives it's her okay. a hug and she goes and hides at her house and she's just happy. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's smart. That's smart. Um, well, I have, I have a couple of, um, ones. Um, oh, I, I, pardon I me? Going around in a circle. I was kidding. I just have one and then I'll oh. have another one after that. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> We're going around in circles. I, uh, one thing that I always have, of course, always needing to know how the, to do the dosage because I've had too many dogs that have been stung by bees is I always have Benadryl for oh. quick reacting. Oh, that's a great idea. Yeah. Um, Hannah had a Shiba Inu that thought it was really a great idea to stick her head in plenty places where it shouldn't have been and her face would swell enough that it would close off, um, her nasal passages and, and her throat started to swell. So it scared the. Wow. Yeah. So, um, and she just got stung, but, um, so I've, I always have just baby, baby Benadryl around for that. Baby Benadryl. Oh, yeah. The, okay. or, excuse me. You can do the liquid, which is baby Benadryl, or you can do the, the tablet. Sorry. I was thinking aspirin. smaller animal. Yeah. yeah. Yes. I was thinking aspirin. Well, the the second thing I have in my medicine cabinet for the dogs is triple antibiotic ointment. Damn it, that was one of mine. <laughs> <laughs> Me too. Okay. That's a good one. That's a really good one. Yeah. That's useful for all sorts of things. Human, yeah, horse, and canine. Yes. Yes. Absolutely. Um, How about you, Jennifer? Uh, another thing that uh, I keep around for glory is stipic powder. What's or, that? Or blood stop oh, stop powder. Bleeding. Oh, oh, yeah. yeah. Use, useful for toenails that get cut too short, but also mm-hmm. useful for dogs who crash into things and cut themselves. <laughs> While in their thunder shirts. Eating Theracom. Eating Theracom. Okay, that's a good one. Okay, well, another one that I have, I did have <clears throat> triple antibiotic, um, but I use I always have coconut oil on because how many uses yeah. are there yeah, for coconut there's oil? There's so Tigger? many uses for coconut oil. <laughs> well, Tigger and I are going to write a book. One uses for coconut oil. Yeah, right. Tigger and I are writing a book, and all it's going to be is all of the uses, and then we're going to list them and then have a picture of us laughing. <laughs> That's always a good one. If you get a minor cut or if there's like, you know, sometimes they get some scaly little, stuff little or an itchy spots, spot. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Perfect. And can always put it in their, in their food and apparently you know now my husband gargles with it because it's supposed to be the best thing in the world for your teeth you can even <laughs> make your dogs gargle with it <laughs> mm, uh, i'm not sure about that one so it really it actually does a, an amazing job um, um around you tig right yeah tromera poultice mm. um this is a biostar poultice it's for you know wounds and strains and it's all pre-mixed it's in a nice little jar and I'm a big fan of clays um, for drawing out soreness, and mm-hmm. um, it's so easy to apply. It's just made up. You slap it on, put a little <laughs> vet wrap, you're good to go. Oh, cool. Okay, and vet wrap cool. is also really good to have. Yep. You just added that, didn't you? No, it's in my <laughs> list. I was going to say because you stole my Neosporin one. <laughs> so when it comes back to me, I'm saying vet wrap. Jennifer, do you have something else? <laughs> well, if you're going to say vet wrap, I guess I can't. <laughs> no, you can say it. You can say it. You, go, you go ahead. But to go okay, along good. with the vet wrap, uh, again, because Gloria is prone to to damaging her long, slim limbs, I mm. always have handy an old sock. And not your mm. guy's tube sock. You need a nice, heavy-duty, ladies' tall sock. 
because you can chop the toe off and you can use it for paws and Mm. Yeah, that's a good one. Yeah, very, very. And that's useful. good also to put over a poultice. Yes. Yeah. Very handy. I always have um, for more severe things um, hydrogen peroxide and a little mm-hmm. alcohol. Yeah, hydrogen Save peroxide time. is nice. Yep, just because it just bubbles things out. Yeah, that's always a good good thing. And of four course, by fours. Oh yeah, four by fours. Yeah, that, it's funny. Yeah, and I same, love having aloe gel. That oh, is another good one, yep. Handy thing if you don't mm-hmm. have the plant nearby. Yeah, that's a good one. These are all good suggestions. Yeah. Jennifer? I have one more on my list that hasn't been covered yet um, because some dogs are prone to garbage cans and too much cheese. Mm. <laughs> I have. I always have Pepto-Bismol handy. Ah. Wow. Okay. okay, that's a good one. That's for me when the dog gets sick. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's a good one. That's a good one. I don't have any more Tigger because you, you I, took my new spawn. <laughs> well, there's one other thing I have. There's one other thing I have. I keep um, Veteracin eye wash around. Oh. Oh. That's a good one. Because, you know, when dog, they're, it, outdoor dogs are all the time getting stuff in their eyeballs. There's seeds and burrs and crap. And mm-hmm. so I always keep that around. And I, I use the Veteracin eye wash versus the old-fashioned Farnham or somebody makes the eye wash that you buy at the tack shop. Right. I like the Vetterson because it comes in a, a really fine mist spray. So it's actually easier to get into their little eyeballs, I think. Cool. That's just a personal thing. But that pretty much is my kit. That's a good kit. That's an excellent kit. The good only girl. thing I have to add that I didn't talk about is I do have Comfrey ointment. What is it called? Comfrey. Not heard of that. That's an herb, isn't it? Comfrey? Yeah. Yep. It's a plant and it's really good for strains sprains when you have australian shepherds that you know are pretty active and they zigged when they should have zagged and they're not really hurt but you just want to support a you know a ligament or a toe or a hip it's great that's that's probably a good thing for me to have uh yes (coughs) well good lists guys this it sounds like uh we're giving people some great information to make their own home kit. And if there's anything we didn't mention that you have, please let us know and go to Healthy Critters Radio on Facebook or on our website, healthycrittersradio.com. Thanks for listening, everyone. And thanks to our sponsor, Biostar US. You can find them online at biostarus.com. Get the Horse Radio Network phone app on iOS or Android by searching for Horse Radio Network in the App Store. It's free and easy to use. For details about today's show, go to HealthyCrittersRadio.com, where you can find links, photos, and more information about our guests. As always, we love your feedback. Please follow us on Facebook under Healthy Critters Radio. Be sure to visit all the great shows on Horse Radio Network at HorseRadioNetwork.com. Love your dog. Hug your horse. Feed your chickens. Clean your litter box. Dance with your goat. Slither with your snakes. Howl at the moon. Hang with your hamster. Party with your parrot. Waddle with your walrus. Outwit your otter. Cuddle your cows. Rap with your raptor. Go chipping with your chipmunks. Forgive your fox. While hedging your hog. We also recommend that you rack with your raccoon. Gyrate with your giraffe. Meditate with a meerkat. Uber with your orangutan. Facebook with your flamingo. Ponder with your panda. Walk with your wookie. Yawn with your yak. 
Twitter with your toucan. Go raining with your reindeer. Dropbox your dragon. (laughs) 